Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Shares of Qualcomm, they are down in the after hours, down about 2.8%. They just reported their latest quarterly financial uh, results, so we'll dig a little bit deeper into it and maybe explain why uh, investors might be a little disappointed. Uh, let's get back, though, to your top business stories. Other news after the closing bell. Once again, Charlie Pellet. Indeed, we got some breaking news in the energy group. Hydro One buying Avista. This is a $5.3 billion all-cash deal. The headline breaking moments ago on the Bloomberg Terminal. We'll have more details as they become available. But again, worth repeating, a $5.3 billion cash deal. Hydro One buying Avista. U.S. stocks advanced to records with the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all gaining the S&P up 13 to 24.73, up five-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials higher by 66 points, up three-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 40, up six-tenths of one percent. The Dow now at 21,640, S&P at 2473, NASDAQ at 6385. Residential construction ended the second quarter on a stronger note and with more on the story, here's Bloomberg's Vidal Judice. It's the first increase since February. The Commerce Department reports housing starts advanced in June, rising 8.3% to 1.215 million at an annual rate. Strength was across the board with gains in both single-family projects and multifamily projects. Building permits also advanced last month, the first increase since March. Building permits are considered a proxy for future housing construction. Vinny Dal Judice, Bloomberg Radio. After the bell, we did hear from American Express, second quarter EPS of $1.47, estimates there $1.44, revenue did beat estimates. Gold down a dollar to twelve forty the ounce, a drop of one-tenth of one percent. Crude oil up one and a half percent to $47.12 a barrel on West Texas Intermediate Crude. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you very much for that update. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, and this is Bloomberg Radio. All right, everybody, we got to talk a little bit about Qualcomm earnings because uh, they just reported their latest quarterly results. Stock down uh, about 3.6% in the after hours. Let's break it down with our own Ian King, U.S. Semiconductor and Networking Reporter at Bloomberg News in our San Francisco Bureau. In fact, he's tied to his desk because he's just getting ready to get on the conference call uh, and get more about uh, Qualcomm's uh, quarter. Um all right. What's the most important aspect of this uh, financial release uh, as we see it uh, so far? Two things, Carol. Uh, I just spoke to uh, the CEO, Steve Malenkoff, and what he told me was, look, our fundamental business chips demand pretty good. We actually came in a little bit ahead of what people thought, and we're predicting a little bit ahead of what we thought at the high end. Uh, the big caveat with that is obviously what's going on on the profitability line. Um, we're talking things being down a lot from where they were a year ago. You know, they're less than half of the net income this year than they were, say, in 2014. And that's all really due to the fact that particularly Apple just has decided not to pay them any licensing revenue. And analysts in the market are struggling to catch up with just how much that's going to cost Qualcomm in the long run. That's a bummer, no doubt about it. But I mean, I also feel like these legal, you know, battles between these tech companies and chip companies, it's kind of, you know, par for the course in terms of business. Or is it not? Is there something different this time around with the Apple kind of pushback? 
I think that's a very good observation, Carol. I mean, these these things tend to go through an escalation cycle, and then they tend to be settled, um, and everybody walks away after and, and acts like they're friends again and, and starts paying each other. However, this couldn't be more important to Qualcomm. Qualcomm, as you know, is, is unique in the chip industry in that it gets the majority of its profit from licensing these uh, patents which cover the fundamentals of, of phone technology. So any challenge to that, any weakening of that position, any perception of weakening of that position, particularly re with regards to its largest customer, Apple, in that respect, is, uh, you know, is going to undermine the reason that people invest in Qualcomm. What's changed, though? What's changed in that, you know, I feel like Qualcomm would go through these legal disputes and kind of come out shining. And what's changed, maybe, uh, that it might turn out different this time around? Well, you've got, you know, it's no secret that Apple has quite a bit of money mm -hmm. and, and a fairly influential market position. So Qualcomm in the past has been able to use its crack legal team to win these disputes. And, and any time it's really been under pressure, and it has been like this in the past, it, it tends to win. So you kind of don't really bet against its lawyers. But Apple has the resources. Apple has the motivation to take this one and make this one go on as long as possible and maximize the pain for Qualcomm in terms of its earnings and, and obviously undermine the shareholders' faith in it. So what's changed is the, the size of the opposition in this fight. Yeah, it's fascinating to kind of watch. And right now, from what I understand in your reporting, Qualcomm is withholding about a billion dollars that Apple says it is owed in rebates. That's a, a big chunk of change. It is, and that gives you an idea of the amount of money that is changing hands here. Licensing revenues don't sound like a particularly sexy deal for anybody, but they, if, if Apple wins, then you're talking about making it a much more profitable company. If Qualcomm wins, then it continues to be one of the most profitable companies in the semiconductor industry. You said you spoke with the CEO, correct? That's correct, yeah. And And did he seem to be at all nervous about, you know, kind of the legal implications going forward, or did he kind of blow it off a little bit? I, I think that's, that's a very good question. Steve Malenkov is one of the most cool hand Lukes out there. <laughs> he just never, never really shows any any sense of panic, any sense of crisis. He, he will always say things like, oh, we like our position. We think we're in a position of strength. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and whether that's a conscious effort or whether that's just who he is, uh, that's, that's the consistent message that's delivered for shareholders and for his employees. Ian, why do you see then the share price lower? And I think you might have said it earlier, but I just want to make sure I did get, yeah. did get to it. 2.6% no, lower. So why is, is it the outlook number for the EPS? Yes. Um, I, I spoke to George Davis, who, who's the CFO, who was also on the call and said, what's going on here, George? And he said, look, the, the analysts haven't caught up with what's going on here. It's extremely difficult to model this. They just haven't caught up with it. So their expectations are way higher than they should have been. We came out and told them that our non-GAAP EPS is going to be 75 to 85 cents, and they were expecting something in the 90s region. That's Obviously, a that's big a big difference. Delta. Yeah, and he said, look, it's, they just didn't know what to do, so we're making their job a lot easier this time. We're giving them a specific set of revenues for that particular business that they can get their head around. All right, so you are waiting. As I've said, you're chained to your desk. We won't let you yep. go anywhere. Um, what is what is it that you're going to be listening out for? Oh, I think we, we really need 
to hear whether the analysts on the call buy that explanation. Mm -hmm. And they will essentially interrogate Qualcomm at length over, look, how does this all break down? Are you sure? Are you sure you can win this? Is it worth it? Why don't you just settle? What happens in a world where everybody turns against you? Questions really that have been you know, this management team have been facing for, for about a year or so. Um, and, and to be honest with you, the stock's down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what's really interesting yeah. is you still got, what, 50, 15 buys on it, 17 holds and no sells. So the Allison community yeah. hasn't run away. Ian King, you're a busy man and you found time for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ian is our U.S. semiconductor and networking reporter at Bloomberg News from our San Francisco bureau. You're listening to Bloomberg. Let's get another check on your latest world and national news headlines. Let's uh, head on over once again to Adrian Mitchell in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Adrian. Thanks so much, Carol. President Trump to GOP senators don't leave Washington without a health care plan. We're close. We're very close. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says a procedural vote on the health care bill will come next week. It's the motion to proceed. We cannot keep the commitment we made to the American people to repeal and replace Obamacare unless we get on the bill. So next week, uh, we'll be voting to get on the bill. McConnell spoke after a White House lunch on health care with Senate Republicans. President Trump has won a partial victory in the Supreme Court on his travel ban. The Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to intervene. So those grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles, they have to be allowed in. On the second issue, the Supreme Court uh, said we will temporarily let the administration uh, continue to block these people while that issue is being taken up by uh, the Ninth Circuit. Bloomberg's Greg Store. U.S. officials tell the AP the president's relationship with Russia is causing concern among members of his national security and foreign policy team. This after the disclosure of a second meeting with Russian President Putin at the G20 last month. North Korea could be getting ready for a missile test in about two weeks. CNN reports U.S. satellites have detected imagery and satellite-based radar emissions that indicate it could be ready to launch soon. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell.